0: Wake up, America! Before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings,
1: happy what is it? Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Day. He's Todders, and he is Aaron McIntyre. Want to welcome a brand new partner here on the show, Red Balloon. They understand we've got values. Our values, they're under attack at every single turn. That includes in many of America's biggest workplaces where patriots are made to attend woke DEI trainings or support pagan causes that they don't really believe in. If you think it's bad now, just wait till election year. But Red Balloon Work is fighting back. They're America's largest woke free job board. And every week, tens of thousands of job seekers visit Red Balloon looking for a new career without all the woke nonsense. When you visit redballoon.org, use promo code Steve to receive five free profile search credits. That's a $50 value. That's redballoon.org and promo code Steve want to thank all of you. They keep pouring in. I mean, the amount of you that have emailed me or contacted me via the, inba- via the inbox on any, any of the platforms uh, to say congratulations for the grandpa news yesterday. So I appreciate each and every one of those. There's just there's there's way too many uh, for me to respond to each of them individually. So please I, I, uh, forgive me on that front. And let me just issue one collective thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart uh, to, to all of you. That uh, have wished me the wished me those congratulations. They mean a ton, and it's a big week, by the way, if you're Amy Dace, because uh, she found out she's uh, when her uh, that it's going to be a, the birth date of a granddaughter yesterday. Her birthday is actually today, so I want to wish my wife a happy birthday, Steve. I thought you banned the birthday mentions. Well, um, except when I want to do them for people in my family, then it's okay. That's totally fair, Todd. Correct.
2: It is. Yeah,
1: because it's our show. I mean.
2: Things where they need to be at home, man. Indeed, I mean, just like, indeed.
1: I mean, you guys have to put up with me for just a couple of hours a day. She puts up with me the other. Speaking of, twenty-two hours a day for the last you no know, twenty-six years.
2: Speaking of putting up with you, uh, this is the second day in a row. Michigan, Jersey.
1: Yeah, Desmond so, Howard
2: throwback today. Yeah. So, so just to be clear, is it is it Jersey week or is it Insufferable Michigan Wolverines <laughs> week?
1: Very well played. Head, uh, very well to, played. Yes. To. You will – Thursday show uh, will not be a Michigan jersey. It will not.
3: will be a football jer- jersey? It will be.
1: It will be okay. an NFL great. I'm, I'm, dis- I'm, I'm, I'm deciding – Is it new? No. It, the Earl Campbell one's the only new one I have. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm deciding which football great Bluffet. NFL Hall of Famer I'm, I'm going to wear tomorrow. Trying I'm to gotta, think. I, well, there's two got- Hall of Famers and then a guy who should be a Hall of Famer in my book. So okay. I'm down to those three right well, now.
2: Don't, don't, do you have Namath? Don't you have him
1: That's one of them. That's one of them. Yep. I thought you have. I'm Namath is think. one. Riggins is another. Riggins. Sure. Now, those two are Hall of Famers. And then uh, Jimmy Plunkett, who is a Hall yes. of Famer in my book. Of course. Those are the three that I've narrowed it down. You've
3: worn the Plunkett jersey several times. You should do one of the other two. Do
1: one of the other two? Yeah. yeah. I, I love the Jimmy I, Jimmy Plunkett jersey. I mean, that was my first. That's when I fell in love, guys, with the sport. I was seven years old or six years old. And I'm just watching this guy with three chins and acne and a single bar yeah. helmet win the Super Bowl. And I'm thinking, I could grow up and, and look like that guy and pull this whole thing off. Well, I actually did grow up to kind of look like him, but I'm nowhere near the football player he was, obviously. But he, he kind of made you feel like. And if you remember those teams back then, they had this guy out of the, the, the Lavelle Edwards BYU passing system, Mark Wilson, like a number one pick in the draft, and six five, like your robo pro-style quarterback. And the Raiders would always try to make that guy the starter. And then by the middle of the year, they had to turn to the fat, acne, single bar helmet, Jimmy Plunkett, to dig him out of the uh, Tom Flores uh, hole they were in because he went with Mark Wilson in training camp instead. And that guy was the first person to win two Super Bowl MVPs was Jim Plunkett. That's an answer to a trivia question for you there. There you go. Now you feel complete and that that absolutely useless information has been dropped upon the how fulfilled does thou feel? I, don't
2: know. I was complete after you said
1: no more Michigan jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, coming up today, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation will join us. Uh, coming up uh, towards the end of the program, we will play buy, sell, or hold starting at the bottom of this hour. But let us begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
3: What happened while we were away brought to you by Idalia. Hurricane Idalia made landfall in Florida's Big Bend area this morning as a category three storm after her briefly being upgraded to category four. The hurricane registered sustained winds of around 110 miles per hour and is expected to inflict damage as it tracks northeast across the state. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says the restoration effort is already well underway. We currently have 54,000 uh, households
1: that are out of power throughout the state of Florida. But there have been over 100,000 households that have already been restored through hard work uh, all
3: through the night. Of course, it's now abundantly clear Donald Trump and his surrogates have made a conscious decision to ignore the deadly situation in Florida. Trump posted a bevy of videos and posts last night attacking Ron DeSantis and bragging about my not a word about Idalia. When asked about this by a numbskull reporter, here's how DeSantis responded. Not my concern. My concern is protecting the people of, of Florida, being ready to go. And, and we've done that. And look,
1: we, in, in Florida, you, you just have to do this. I mean, this is something we put a lot of time and effort into throughout the course of, uh, of each year, knowing that, that there's going to be
0: time where you're going to have to activate it. Now, we, we had a major one last year one of the most expensive on record. We were hoping not to have any this year. That
1: maybe we would get off lucky, and then, but but that just didn't, wasn't in the card. So, so you deal with it. Speaking
3: of Trump, he was on the Glenn Beck program yesterday and said he did a great job with COVID.
0: This country was coming together. Then we got hit with COVID. We did a great job with COVID. It has never been acknowledged, but it will be in history. We did a great job with the ventilators and all
2: the things we did because nobody knew what it was. Nobody had any clue as to what mm-hmm. it was
0: and we did a great job.
3: Moving on, now's the part of the montage where we talk about coincidences. The following two stories broke on the exact same day in Washington D.C. Five pro-life activists were found guilty yesterday in a federal court for violating the freedom of access to clinic entrances. It's a Clinton era law passed to stop sit-ins at a baby-killing facilities. They were also charged and found guilty of one count of conspiracy to block the entrance to the Washington Surgery Clinic in Washington, D.C. Lawyers for the Thomas More Society representing the defendants said all they did was kneel in prayer and pass out pro-life material. The defendants could face 11 years in prison, three years of supervised release, and fines of upwards of $350,000. Also, on the same day that that news broke, we found out that the city of Denver, Colorado, will be paying out $4.7 million to Black Lives Matter's riot who violated that city's emergency curfews during the George Floyd riots. The Denver City Council approved the multi-million dollar settlement after a class-action lawsuit accused the Denver Police Department of using then-Democrat Mayor Michael Hancock's emergency curfew order to target protesters demonstrating against so-called police brutality. Also in Colorado, meet Jaden, a 12-year-old charter school student from Colorado Springs who had the unmitigated gall to attach the Gadsden flag To his backpack and subsequently got kicked out of class for doing so. The boy's mother secretly recorded a meeting between her, Jaden, and the school administrator who described why Jaden got kicked out of class.
0: So, um, the reason that they do not want the flag, the reason we do not want the flag flag, that way, is due to its origins with slavery and slave trade. That is what was. that's the reasoning behind them, you not know, like The Gas plug. The don't tread on me. OK. Which is the Gatsby plug. OK. Uh, OK, so he, he, um, he's, what's going to happen if he doesn't take it off? He, I mean, he is able to go, I was actually just telling him, like, I was set, upset that he was missing so much school. Yeah. I'm like, ah, so. I asked him, can you just take his stuff out of his bag and go back to class? <laughs> like, I just wanted to go back to
3: class. Even Colorado's Democrat Governor Jared Paulus came out and slammed the charter school for what they tried to pull, reminding them about the history of the Gadsden Don't Tread on Me flag. The charter school's board has since decided that little Jaden can indeed wear that patch. And finally, this. Is there anything that could happen with him indictment-wise that would say, all right, maybe this disqualifies him for president? Not for me. I'm with him to the finish. All right. Thank you so much. He could stand on the front steps of the White House and, and commit murder, and I'm with him. <laughs> and that's what happened while we were away.
1: My favorite part, am I on now? Okay. My favorite part of that video is that he volunteered that information. Like, that wasn't even like a snarky reporter, you know, trying to corner. Some poor unsuspecting Red Stater, you know. And one more thing. Yeah, he wanted to make sure you knew this. Like, he wanted to make sure he could commit murder. I mean, he was, he wanted, he volunteered that. I mean, that was going to be the end of it. I mean, I, I mean, I think the three of us, I mean, I'll speak for myself, given the level of lawfare here, and we're just look at DC alone. Um, you're going. What is it? Eleven months that they're going to serve in a jail cell in D.C. right now? Those pro-lifers. Is that what the sentencing is? Eleven years. Eleven years. I'm sorry. Eleven years. I mean, if that's who we're dealing with here, then I would also be of the opinion there is nothing that could come out in these in these indictments. Nothing. Um, based on the indictments as they are filed, there's 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 just nothing there that would cause me to think if. I would not vote for him for president against the Democrats. That's how I, I I agree with that statement. Am I alone on that? Where are you guys at with that?
2: I agree with it, and it dovetails nicely with the fact that Trump just admitted that he's really proud of all those people he hooked up to ventilators. We'll get, to, we'll get
1: to that. Just keep on the subject. We're well, gonna it's get, the same damn I, subject. I, I know. That's I know. We're going to connect. I just want to make sure we make a singular statement here, yes or no. Like even if you found out that Trump did, they, they got, they have, they that Trump ordered because they got you know we don't tell you this stuff in conservative media so a lot of times we're lying to you by omission and and i think probably a lot of you want us to and so that's why you don't mind but they did get a about a week and a half ago the feds down in miami did get a witness to flip fired the trump uh, attorney that uh, the, the trump people had hired for him and flipped to the feds and he's one of the people involved on and i think it's in the obstruction charge whether trump ordered um was it uh, tapes at Mar-a-Lago? There, uh, there's 41 felonies. Forgive me. I'm having a hard time keeping up with all of them. Uh, but I, t- I believe this is where they, the feds are claiming that Trump ordered uh, tapes at Mar-a-Lago to be destroyed or something along those lines. And he was one of the ones that originally said that's not the case. And now he has flipped to the feds. So the, the assumption is that that is the case. I mean, I, I don't care. Here's I mean,
3: the thing. I, if he had said Trump could stand out on the front steps of the, lo- of the White House and kill somebody— I would ask, hey, did they go through a fair trial? Yeah. Did they deserve to be killed? What are we talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that'd be pretty based if they deserved it. Yeah. Uh, No, he said murder. He wanted
1: to make sure murder was the word, and he volunteered that. And didn't have to. Could have just left it. He had made his point. Could have just left it there. But he was eager to display his idolatry. That's what that, what you see there is idolatry. And more and more, we are becoming like the other side. I, I see this more and more. Um, and I could just tell you, you have no chance to restore a republic based on God-given rights via idolatry. God will not, you know, all those mentions in our founding documents of invoking providence and which is the will of, which was the 18th century word for the will of God, um, asking God for divine guidance. All those things you see in our founding documents, none of that is going to be honored. God will not honor anything involving idolatry. Why? You have made a God of something else, and he will not share his glory with another. God is just fine using problematic people to accomplish great things. John, Donald Trump's just not a good person. We've said this for years. If you believe otherwise, I don't know what your definition of good is different from mine. But he's done some great things, and I'm okay with that. Because you know what? I'm not a good person either. Todd, you a good person? Nope. Who's a good person? Nobody. Nobody is. Except for one, and we killed him. Yeah. There was one person who was good, and we, put him, we hung him in a tree. No one's good. So I'm totally fine with God deci- showing us, hey, I'm using this person right now to do great things, and they're not a good person because there aren't any good persons. So I'm using this person right now to do great things, and I'm fine reading those signs of the times and lining up behind where clearly— truth and light are moving even if they're not necessarily moving through the vehicles you would typically assume or even desire that they move through fair yes that's life east of eden for the last seven thousand years
2: it's pretty pragmatic don't make the perfect the enemy of the good Yep.
1: i mean i'm an an example of this first of all the 50 year old man sitting here in a 32 year old football jersey that a guy last wore in 1991 when i was in high school that was that long ago how long ago it was yeah number two I mean, there are, I mean, my inbox is full of you every day reminding me, and you're all correct most of the time, um, of my moral failures. My language can be too crass. I can be too fired up. I can get too angry. Those things you're, most of the time when you criticize me about this in my inbox, you're correct. All those things are mostly true. Most of the time. I am not the person that should be telling you and defining for you what idolatry is. Your pastor should have done that. The nice guy. The guy that didn't almost, you know, go through a divorce three years ago. The guy with Pleasant Valley Sundays. But is that guy telling you that truth these days? Is it coming from him? No. No, he's not.
2: As your show editor, I'd like just to answer all these people right now by... Uh, going back to what you've said before, I like my way of doing something more than your way of not doing anything.
1: Well, that's true. Mr. D.L. Moody, one of my all time favorite quotes. Yes. But thank you for resetting that. But no, the, 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 the nice guys that speak the Queen's English are not largely doing that for you, unfortunately. And so God has to use schmucks and chumps and, um, you know, uh, uh, Cro-Magnon men like me to do it because the word the word's going forth. It's, it's not getting stifled. It never comes back void. It's going out. And as Luther once observed, God had to talk through the, through the back ass of a donkey once. It's going out. It's not going to be stopped. It will go out. And if the, the people who look the part right out of central casting, if, if it's not going to go out through them, you know, then
2: it'll go out through other means. Some, the funny thing about the Old Testament, if, if the pagan emperors of the world understood anything about the faith, they understood that. Mm-hmm. Yet we, the so-called people of the faith, don't. I mean, that, you are absolutely right. They tried to stop it.
1: It they can't couldn't. be stopped.
2: It can't be. If, if, if the religious leaders
1: won't do it, then a shepherd will come out, yes. of, out of the fields and he'll do it. It will come out. It will go forth. It will not be stopped. And as Jesus quantifies in the New Testament, not even the gates of hell. By the way, what is a gate? A gate is a defensive measure, right? You put a gate up to keep something out, right? So that means if Jesus says that not even the gates of hell will prevail, then who's on offense here? The churches. Yeah, Yeah, not the other side. The churches. Now I bring that all up to say, I am very appreciative that, that God used a man whose character is so anemic in certain areas... That while the state he lives in is facing a category Four hurricane. He is retruthing libelous debunked claims from nutters like Laura Loomer. And and Matt Gates and Byron Donald's are so afraid to cross him. That they won't even share tweets from the governor of the state. These are I mean <laughs> this is I think right next to Gates's district I believe. Yep. And they won't even share tweets from the governor on safety and prevention and restoration, lest they be seen helping DeSantis look more presidential. That's pretty low knuckle dragging kind of stuff, frankly. That's being kind. But that all being said, I'm also thankful that God used that knuckle dragger to give us the Abrahamic Accords and overturn Roe versus Wade. See, I'm willing to just look at this and say what's good and what's bad and and just... And that's the, how the kingdom of God operates. God works through problematic people because there are only problematic people. When this crosses over into idolatry, though, is what you see there in the clip at the Aaron montage. The eagerness to show that I will now violate God's law. So when God worked through Donald Trump to overturn Roe and to sign the Abrahamic Accords, was that in accordance with, with God's law or in defiance of it? The, f- the former. The former. The former. And that's why those things were great. Yes, because no one is great. But God, no one's great. But God, that's why they were great. Not showing any concern at all for the state that you're living in, being in the eye of a category Four hurricane. And, And and even having your associates not even willing to use social media to update their constituents with what the governor's office is saying. Is that in accordance with the with the laws of God or would that be in defiance of them? Defiance. Defiance, because that's your, that's narcissism. How does God feel about egotism and narcissism from humans at that level?
2: Not so much.
1: Yeah, because, you know, who do we channel with that level of narcissism? God's the, primary yes. uh, uh, enemy. I will ascend. I will be like the most high. Okay. You will change what you believe for me instead. That's idolatry. Whenever we change what we believe and know to be true or suspect to be true to conform to something else that is not. That is idolatry. And that's what's in that clip. That's idolatry. That man has made Trump a god. So that murder is okay. Number one, he didn't have to say that. He wanted to. He was eager to say it, eager to show it. Number two, as Aaron pointed out, he could have gone full Steve Dace. I mean, after a fair trial, of course. I mean, if Donald Trump wants to put down, you know, decides to be the executioner right there on the White House lawn of the people that stole the election from him. And then he throws in a, after a fair trial, is that clip even in the montage? It might be. And we're like laughing at it and like, based, yeah, like giving that guy a helmet sticker, we're like we're with you, right? Because righteousness was fulfilled. We had a trial, right? Yes. People were given a hearing, right? They were given a hearing and, and, and before governments that are installed by God, they were given a hearing and they were found guilty of violating the social compact at a treasonous level, Right. And so we're executing traitors. I think we're okay with that because we had a trial. All righteousness was fulfilled, and this is what civil societies do to traitors, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But that's not what what he was saying. He wanted to make sure to even use the word murder there. What's the difference between a killing and a murder? A murder is an unjustifiable taking of an act, taking of a life. A killing can be just a killing. It can be unjustifiable. It can be justifiable. It depends on the context of it. But there is never a context where murder is justified. Never. Murder in and of itself, that's the commandment, by the way. It's not thou shall not kill. It's thou shall not murder. Murder in and of itself is wrong 100% of the time. And he was eager to show, though, that I I am willing to redefine right and wrong for Donald Trump. And not in defiance because, you know what, I'm willing to redefine right and wrong according to, this, according to the, uh, the unequal measures and scales that we are using for justice on a civil level for Donald Trump. I don't care if Donald Trump obstructed justice. I watched the same people charging him with it steal an election in front of my face. See what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah, and so, and so and were any of them ever held accountable? No, and in fact, no. you get censored for pointing it out. So I have no problem altering what what the, what the, what a corrupt civil system says is right and wrong for Donald Trump or anybody else when it is to expose their own corruption and hypocrisy Absolutely. and if he would have stopped there, we'd all be saying. We're on, we're on that guy's team. He'd be the new uh, north of, uh, rich man north of <laughs> Richmond. He'd, he'd be the new guy, right? But he didn't stop there. He went on to say, I will redefine what God says is right and wrong for Donald Trump. And that is idolatry. God is not a respecter of persons. There is only one God. There are no others. Do not make, do not make craven images. Do not turn your idols into gods. Do not worship idols. And that's what that is. That's idolatry. Now, here's the thing you have to be concerned about, though. And I pointed this out on Twitter X or whatever the heck we're calling it now this morning. Idolatry works both ways. If you are unwilling to give Donald Trump credit for his accomplishments. And if those accomplishments are by any objective standard, was it a righteous thing in accordance with the laws of nature and nature's God to see the shibboleth of Rose smashed? Yes. Was it a righteous thing to sign and negotiate the Abrahamic accords? Sure. Yeah. If you deny him those accomplishments, you are an idolater now. You have now decided you've made him your God too. You've done the same thing that guy in that video has done. You have made the decision that you will not honor what God says is holy and righteous. Because of the vessel he chose to perform it through. You know who you sound like? The Pharisees who said, well, nothing good comes from Nazareth. You sound like them. Didn't look the way I thought it was going to look. Wasn't the system I thought it was going to come through. Didn't come in the packaging that I was confident in my own understandings it was going to look like. And so I rejected truth, incarnate actually. Truth in flesh, truth incarnate, I rejected it. Because it didn't comport with my system. I thought I expected a warrior, a general I expected someone to restore our nationalistic identity, not save me from my sins. I didn't expect a savior who would die for me, but would slay for me instead. You're actually just like the guy in that video. You guys should hang out. You're both, you're just two sides of the same coin. You're both willing to alter that which God says is right in order to criticize or conform to Donald Trump. And thus you have made him an idol. And I'm just going to tell you, we have no chance. There's, there's no chance that God is going to bless any movement that succumbs to idolatry because we have chosen other gods. He's not going to be a part of that. On the authority of his word, I can tell you that hundred percent, no chance. God will work through our sinfulness, work through the sinfulness of the founding fathers. Several of the men signed that, that several of the 56 men that signed that document went home to their slaves. Including the guy that wrote the gosh darn thing. He went home to his slaves too. He'll work through our sinfulness. At a very fundamental problematic level. Why? Which of us are not sinners? None of us. None of us are not sinners. So therefore again. That's why we're not good people. We're all sinners. He will work through our sinfulness. At a fundamental level. Provided. We are still putting him first. What does God mean when he says David was a man after my own heart? David was an adulterer. David was an accessory to murder, if not outright committed it by what he did to Uriah, putting him on the front lines. He was a uh, a bigamist. Broke God's law numerous times, took a census when God told him not to. Nearly lost his kingdom because one of his daughters was raped and he did not act. David, not really that great of a guy. And yet God says, it's a man after my own heart. But the one thing David always got right in the end is he recognized God is God and I am not. He put God first when it counted most. And so God worked even through such a sinful man, such a debased figure as David. And he he gave him a kingdom that will last forever and put his own son, his own Messiah through David's line. He will work through us, and our sinfulness at a fundamental level, even if we are rotten to the core in some, in some places. But the minute, the minute, no matter how pious we are, and here, this is very important. No matter how pious we are, no matter how, quote unquote, moral we are, the minute we put something else in the esteemed place of reverence that God alone belongs, we're done. That's the paradox here. You can be very pious and moral and principled. And you can be very eloquent talking about issues, but you worship cows instead of eating them. And you preach there are 33 gods, and that's just the major ones instead of the thousands of minor ones. You are an idolater. God will not bless that. You won't. You can be fun, you can, you, a great family man, but you're preaching there's 33 gods and Jehovah is maybe among them, if not one of them at all. God's not going to bless that. No chance. Not happening. On the other hand, you could be really debased in some areas. But in the end, when confronted with your debasement, proclaim the sovereignty of God and God will work through that. Or in the case of Trump, surround yourself with people who do that and God will work through that. But God never works through idolaters, ever. He will not share his glory with another. First two commandments, I am God, don't make and worship other gods. That's, that's the summary That's the summary of the first two commandments, basically. Don't get those right, doesn't matter how well you do with the other eight, right? Nope. 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 That's why they're number one and number two. Gotta get the first two right. Uh-oh. Indeed. We're not getting that right right now, are we? You're not. We're not. And that, more than anything else, is why we're in trouble. If anybody else on earth, if Mike Pence came out today and said what Donald Trump said to Glenn Beck yesterday about COVID, all of conservative media would destroy Mike Pence for that, would they not? Yeah. Yeah. If he said verbatim what Trump said, he'd be getting getting destroyed. No self-awareness, everything. Trump said it, crickets. That's idolatry. Got no chance to win, not gonna win. We already have a group and we have a movement in America of idolaters and they're always gonna be better at it because their father is the father of lies, a murderer from the beginning. They're always gonna be better at it, always. We already have, we already have a movement for that. We already have a team for that. Already have a political party for that. That that That's all, that roster's full, man, There's we're good. But if we're just gonna become rival idolaters now, We're doomed, no chance. In fact, you're better off actually not even being culturally or politically engaged at all, than doing that. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott
0: and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste.
1: Hey, today we've got a special treat for you. No. Your show finally got canceled by the Blaze? That's not today, at least. Another treat that I know you all are going to be very excited about. It's a wine so rare, and you'll probably be toasting the Blaze when they finally get smart enough to do such a thing. But for now, you'll just have to settle for the wine by itself. It's a wine so rare that it sells out practically every time it's released. It is the Sunal Illogico Malbec Wine Red Wine a never-before-imported gem from our friends at Bonner Private Wines. From deep in the Calaki Valley in Argentina, breathtaking altitudes at nearly 9,000 feet. This is the third highest vineyard in the world. And what sets this bottle apart from home or restaurant wine? Well, it's highly rated at 91 points. There is no fining or filtration done. And that preserves its true natural taste, and it boasts a staggering 10 times more resveratrol, which is good for heart health, has 93% less sugar than the bulk grocery store reds that you'll buy. Bonner Private Wines is the sole importer of this amazing Malbec, and right now we've arranged for you to get this exclusively by visiting bonnerprivatewines.com slash steve b-o-n-n-e-r for Bonner as in b as in boy bonnerprivatewines.com slash d become a member now act fast this thing sells out quickly don't want to miss your chance and you're going to get this and the other wines for over 50% plus free shipping 50% off and free shipping at bonnerprivatewines.com slash steve All right, with that, let's get to it. It is time to play buy, sell, or hold. And this is where Aaron has collected from you and the audience things that, uh, and and propositions and predictions, Todd, that you and I are going to determine. Are we buying that? Are we selling that? If at any point during the show we decide, wow, I just can't take a stand, I'm that weak, I'm that anemic, I'm that flaccid, I'm that emasculated. Uh, and I gotta call for a hold if you've done that, then you have violated the dude code, and you have to write a love poem to Lindsey Graham that will be published on X for all to see.
2: Can we go back to last week when you didn't have the heart to
1: no i'm I'm back to being back? Mean. I'm, I'm back to being mean again that was last week okay yeah moving on roses are red. You finish the line. Nope. Roses are red. Nope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Never going to happen.
1: Roses are red. Violets are blue. Lindsay, all I think about is you. See, that? I got you started. Go ahead. Finish up. No. No?
3: All right. Aaron, go ahead. We will begin quickly with these three submissions from Jeffy's Butt Baby, Franchise Guy, seventeen. Lions making the Super Bowl by Sarlo Hold quickly.
1: You have sell. to sell. They've won one playoff game since 1957. This is their best chance and. You know, probably 30 years.
3: Cardinals tanking for the first pick.
1: Oh, absolutely. Sure. You look at yes. who they were cutting and everything else. They're they're tanking for Caleb Williams and they are smart too. Bye. The Bears will suck again. I'm going to sell. I, I don't, you know, we'll define suck. Below 500. Okay, I think they'll be below 500, but I think that they'll have a year somewhat like the Lions had last year. That step before the step year. I like some of their additions. Um... You're going to get a defined answer. I love Justin Fields coming out of college. Um, I, I I think we'll get a. Defi- I can't tell if his passing has been underwhelming because their weapons have been, or his development has been. You know, the Ohio State offense under Ryan Day is, it's not the same, but from an NFL perspective, it's kind of similar to the the offense under Steve Spurrier. And and now we've had the sec- We've had a sec- We've had Justin Fields, his predecessor, Dwayne Haskins. You know, unfortunately, what happened to him um, with his murder, Um, but um, he wasn't developing before that as a quarterback, despite being a first round pick. And and the reason there's similarities is because Spurrier's offense schemed guys so wide open and you just don't get that open in the NFL. You know, you have to throw into very tight windows. Everybody's covered almost every play unless there's a breakdown. It's hard to week in and week out scheme people open. You can do that in college. And Ryan Day schemes a lot of people open. And so I can't tell if Fields, and this will be the year with you know getting DJ Moore and Chase Claypool there for an entire year. This will be the year to see if Justin Fields is ready to take that next step at a quarter as a quarterback. And I think that he will. I think I think that they'll be interesting into December. And so I don't, I'm going to say sell. They won't suck. That could mean that they finish with you know eight wins and just under 500 or seven wins, but they'll be interesting in December. So I'll sell.
2: I more or less agree with that.
3: G. Harmon says, Trump was correct when he said we'd get tired of all the winning. He never said, who would be
1: doing all the winning? (sighs) See, I am as frustrated as anybody in America by what has gone on from a decision-making standpoint with Donald Trump since March 16th of 2020. I've written multiple best-selling books about it, I've done how many shows about it, but we, we cannot forget that prior to March 16th of 2020, life here was very good. I mean, one of, the, one of the reasons we're all, if you live in the suburbs like I do, one of the reasons we're all sitting on homes that have greatly increased in value that we now can't sell because of the Let's Go Brandon economy to people like Todd that want to buy them, okay, is because of what happened when he was president with the economy. It wasn't the greatest economy ever, like he proclaimed, but it was, that doesn't mean it wasn't pretty damn good. And you cannot undersell, we had the best family median income growth in this country since the dot-com boom. That would be so far this century. Life was good. Particularly if you just tuned out like the dramas, the Russian collusions, the Kavanaugh's. If you you didn't have to talk about that stuff every day like we did, because that's our job. If you were an average American that just didn't have to tune into that, you lived pretty good in America from 2017 through 2019. You lived pretty good. Life was good. We got, you know, Israels, you know, hanging out with the Saudis. You're thinking, okay, cool. You know, I'm not doing any stupid wars. Life was good, was it not? Sure. It was good. It was clearly better than what we have now. And you could argue it was even objectively good, not just better compared to the demons running Mm -hmm. the joint, but like objectively good, even without that comparison. And I don't think we can forget that. And I I say that as someone, his persona grates on me. I can't stand it. I can't stand it when he's doing stuff I like. I can't stand it. Okay. So I get man aging in dog ears where Trump is concerned every news cycle. He makes everything as hard as it had even harder than it has to be. He makes everything more difficult than it has to be. I get that. I get the frustration with that. I get that he, the grading aspect of that. But in the end, what matters most to our kids and our grandkids are results. And, and so I think this goes too far, even though I admit given the way he's behaving right now and has behaved a lot the last few weeks and months, he deserves probably something like this. I think it goes too far, so I will sell. I'll buy.
3: Next up, Paul Sellers. Ketchup is the greatest condiment of all time.
1: Oh, hard sell. Multiple. I'm a big mustard guy. Yep. Dijon mustard. Yep. I just bought ballpark mustard. So I didn't tell you guys this story. Um, mustard story? A mustard story, yes. Uh, bought ballpark mustard at uh, Progressive Field, where the Indians play. I'm sorry, the Guardians play. A lot of the Cleveland fans, based on what I saw a couple weeks ago, haven't really embraced the whole Guardians um, motif quite yet. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) I mean, I saw plenty of Indian stuff there, okay? Uh, But uh, so I I keep forgetting that they changed their name. And so they were selling, like, the ballpark mustard that they put on their hot dogs there at the park. And so I bought one, and Amy's like, you're never going to get that through TSA. You know so we get through ts we're, we're about to go i mean i've got this thing in my in my uh shoe with a sock buried at the bottom of my um buried at the bottom of my uh my bag and and we we're sitting there like we think that we are like boffin spies smuggling the Death Star plans. Theme from
3: Midnight Express is yeah, playing in the yes, background. Yes,
1: yes, Okay. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, we're like both sitting there like, is it going to make it? Is it going to get pulled aside? Are we going to make it? And the look of pride on my wife's face when the bag went through, she's like, stud. And I looked at her and I'm like, I told you I got this. We walk out of TSA and we stop to get something to drink for the flight. Okay. What do you think is prominently displayed right there in the gift store? Oh, ballpark this is mustard. What I the wondering. same exact ballpark mustard. I thought I had successfully smuggled through TSA. Okay, that's what I was wondering this whole time. I'm what? not a stud. I'm a schmuck. I did all that for nothing.
3: <laughs> Can you only get that in Cleveland or something?
1: I, I we just I, I've I've never seen an, another well I've not been to another baseball stadium in a few years so I don't know if other stadiums are selling their own ballpark mustard but they were so I even brought it with me today to put on my uh, my lunch after the show so
2: this is classic dace food fetishism right here yeah so i mean i'm, I'm i
1: am but back to the uh the the question at hand mustard in general is dramatically superior to ketchup so i will sell barbecue sauce dramatically superior to ketchup see that? i will sell I have chick-fil-a to... sauce dramatically superior to ketchup so i will sell
2: I'll, and i like ketchup i'll yeah but that's why i'm buying i i love all the things you just mentioned equally if not above and beyond which but like ketchup it's like by the objective standard of most people's palates it's just it's clearly the king and it's go it's not just going against schmucks like you said it's going against great options most people are in love with ketchup i just gotta hand it to you know hate the game not the player kind of thing right i'll tell you this
1: if you've never put ketchup in your scrambled eggs, you are missing out.
2: Now, see no, no. Oh, okay. that? No. that is this is, is the exact- phenomenal. disgusting. No,
1: now that's just wrong. That is phenomenal. Ketchup in your scrambled eggs is phenomenal. Yeah. Salsa, but...
3: not. Yeah, salsa is great in the eggs, in the scrambled eggs. So is
1: ketchup. Yes. Ketchup in your scrambled eggs is no, great. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. Testify. I have been
3: uh, making my own burger sauce this summer for my <laughs> burgers. Two parts ketchup,
1: one part ranch, one part Dijon mustard. Amazing. So, you actually are making a burger sauce. You're not just um, buying an off label version of Thousand Island dressing and no. calling it your special sauce. Is that what that is? That's typically what that is. Now means. we're going
2: to sully Big Macs. We're
1: really doing this. No, I love Thousand Island dressing. I'm just saying that's no. the special sauce is their own off label version of America. Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> sacrilege. It's all sacrilege.
3: All right, moving on to more uh, pressing matters. Tyler Bruder has uh, top 5 songs that should have been the band's biggest hit. Number 5, Slaves and Bulldozers by Soundgarden. No
1: way. No way, man. I don't know what it is. I mean, Black Hole I've... Sun is a is a is a symphony. Yeah. It is a magnum opus. That is their greatest song and it because it is rightly recognized as such. Don't, don't be too smart by a half, all right?
3: Separate Ways by Journey. I think he's got a little bit of an
1: argument here. No. Maybe. You can I mean I'm That's okay if you, song. it is a great song, and I'm I'm okay if you think it is their greatest song. I don't, but I'm okay if you think it it, it should be considered their greatest song. Yeah, so long.
3: this one I, I appreciate this Simple Man by Leonard Skynyrd, but it's still gotta be what is it, Free Bird? It has to be yeah. Freebird.
1: Has to be. Yeah.
3: I mean they or Sweet, Sweet home Alabama, Alabama. Yeah. Or
1: Sweet Home Alabama.
3: Yeah. Number two, where the streets have no name by U two. I I'm, think this is a great call.
1: Yeah. Yep. Now my personal favorite U two song is from the same album. Um, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, but man, if, if if this is what you think should be considered their greatest song, you'll get no argument out of me. And I mean, it's really close between the two, and they're on the same album, I, The Joshua Tree. This is this one I think is a really good take.
2: My kids were playing, um, I, the remix of I still haven't found what I'm looking for from the movie Sing Two. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was really well done. And so it just got me thinking, I haven't listened to The Joshua Tree in a while. So, like, just like a week ago, I listened to it all the way through. I mean, just unbelievable. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing. It is.
1: Yeah.
3: Number one, I don't know about this one Roll with the Changes by Ario
1: Speedwagon. Great song. It is a great song. Now, yeah. their greatest song, in my view, is Time for Me to Fly. And I think it's one of the most underrated songs of all time. Um, but. If you think that this is their greatest song, I and it, then yeah. I, I will absolutely allow it. So I think the, the last two that he had, I think, were really solid takes. I like it. And that was a good list.
2: What movie, oh, well, movie just, uh, was I just idea.
1: watching recently yeah. that, went with, that had Roll With The Changes in the movie? I just watched a, re- a movie recently, and they were using that film in the film. I'm trying to think of what it was. I can't remember what it was. Go ahead. Go ahead sorry.
3: Sean Griffiths is next. The internet social media. Oh, is- it's the uh,
1: Gran Turismo movie I just saw. They use it in there. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: Sean Griffith says the internet and social media is the ultimate double-edged sword. On one hand, it spreads social contagions and lies like nothing ever before. On the other hand, it's been instrumental in breaking away from mainstream media propaganda and allows those with discernment to find the truth.
2: I think this is true.
1: I agree with it, but I'm going to sell. I think the word of God is the ultimate double-edged sword. I think it convicts the believer and the unbeliever oh. alike. That being There's said, that. I think you're overall so analysis outside of the, the, Bible. outside of the scriptures your overall analysis of what social media has done um both good and bad on um, an existential level is 100 percent accurate
3: mr t campaign strategy idea from ron desantis advertise to trump supporters who are worried about trump's issues to vote for vivek ramaswamy if they refuse to consider desantis but is only in the race to split the anti-Trump vote, make it backfire instead.
1: I'm going to sell yeah. because all data that I've seen, public and private, shows that Ron DeSantis is overwhelmingly the, the second choice of Trump voters. I, I know if you're on political Twitter, you don't think that's the case. But I promise you, outside of political Twitter, it is. And so I wouldn't be marketing people that you are the second choice of to vote for anybody else other than you, actually. I'll sell. Agreed. You have to remember, political Twitter is not reality. It's just not. It, it, it's important. It's where narratives and, and get crafted, debunked. It's often where news breaks. I'm, I'm not saying it's not important. I think it's very important. I use it, you know, of, of all my social media usage, Twitter would be 90% of it. That being said, though, you have to understand what Twitter is. It is a tool for engaging on narratives. It is not a tool for determining public perception or opinion. You kind of need more than, in the, you know, 7% of Republican primary voters to be on a tool to truly gauge perception, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of need more than only 23% of your accounts are actually U.S.-based to gain public perception, right? Mm-hmm. It just, it doesn't have enough market share to truly gauge public perception, That doesn't mean it's not important. It is very important. And important discussions occur there daily. But I would not make large extrapolations about the larger populace on the basis of what you see within those conversations or how they're conducted via Twitter.
3: Casey DeSantis just uh, tweeted this uh, photo of a 100 year old oak tree that fell on the governor's mansion in Tallahassee she and her three kids were home at the time but nobody was injured thankfully
1: Wow I'm looking at that
2: picture right now that's insane Wow over under on Trump tweeting that picture negatively
3: what are the odds
1: I would say uh, plus Over under on Trump saying it's, I prefer governors who don't have trees fall on them. (laughs) That's what
2: I'm talking about. They're saying a metaphor. In fact, I'm going to tweet that.
3: Uh, Todd, you want to go this, uh, do this? Actually, no, we don't have time for this. We'll just tease this. Top 10 Mm -hmm. rock band, singer, guitar duos of all time. We'll hit that after the top of the hour.
1: All right. We'll hit that and more with more Buy, seller Hold. When we come back here with hour two, we'll be joined by the weekly prophet of Woe and Lamentation, Daniel Horowitz as well. Stay tuned. here with our two here on blaze tv radio and podcast my name is steve dace he's totters and he's aaron mcintyre and you can let us know who you are and what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox just email us steve at stevedace.com d-e-a-c-e like us on Facebook, MeWe and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Find me on Truth Social at RealSteveDays there. If you're a podcast listener, we'd love to find your five-star review. If you like the show, of course, thank you to all of you that have submitted them. Thousands of you, in fact. Let's keep those coming. And uh, also, make sure to hit subscribe. Or in the case of iTunes, follow. Because that means every new episode will end up in your feed right away. And you'll make sure you don't miss a single one, because why would you ever want to miss an episode of this show? Except for all the times that you do. Thank you for all of you that have hit to subscribe or follow. We appreciate each and every one of those as well. Constitution Wealth has helped our listeners align $10 million already this year with their American values. And they think there's a lot more work to do here in this audience as well. Um, they did a back of the napkin calculation. They think there's... Billions of dollars of investment capital in this audience alone. All right, and so this is where um, they want to help you. No longer have your principles and portfolio in opposition. You can align your profit with the prophetic, with our friends at Constitution Wealth. Help them build the economy, a parallel economy together. Use your money as a weapon in the spiritual war that is going on right now. Learn how to do that at constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Again, that's constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. One more time, constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. All right, let's continue on with part two of Buy, Sell, Hold.
3: Aaron. Mark from Meriden has a top 10 best rock singer and guitar duos of all time. We'll start at the bottom. Wow. Okay. Honorable mention: Bono and the Edge. Come on, man.
1: How's that not in the How's, top ten? Yeah. How is that already, not in the top ten?
3: Already off to a bad start here. Um, ten: Benatar Geraldo
1: or Geraldo.
2: I don't, Pat, like Pat you know, Benatar. I guess so. I don't know. Come on, man! You cannot put. Uh, uh, yeah. Wasn't she? Uh, wait, isn't she married to him? Aren't they like a? Uh, I knew she married somebody in her band. I don't know maybe, if they're still yeah. married or not. I don't know,
1: but. Come on. You cannot put Pat Benatar on a list ahead of you two guys, except if we're talking like, you know, who's prettier. You can't do that. You can't guys. We can't. Mm There are moments before you hit send. You just need to look at your work and realize that's a mistake. I mean, pay the eight bucks a month, go back and edit that tweet. Uh, Okay. You can't do that. Sell on that.
2: I would sell too. I have heard people complain that, that, the edge is kind of a one-chord one pony one-chord yeah. pony now that's a pretty good chord I, I, that's the point yeah. like this is are we going to be snobs or we're going to just acknowledge that you you know you found you the sweet spot and you, you went with it i like but yeah i just i'm gonna sell but okay let's see i mean i don't mind he's not a
3: shredder it. but he's like the best rhythm guitarist yeah on the planet. Number nine, Rose and Slash.
2: Should be on the
1: list. That has to be on the list, yeah.
3: Delp and Shoals uh, at eight.
1: Who's that? Who the hell is that? Don't know. Uh, Delp and Shoals. Let me, just, let, me let me look this up real I'm quick. Let me look it up. Delp and Shoals. Who is that? Shoals Delp. Brad Delp. Oh, Boston. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, okay. yes.
3: Okay. Sure. Hmm. No, yeah. again, again,
1: Boston literally has like three albums. Okay, now one of them is one of the best-selling albums of a decade, but you, you, they can't be ahead of Bono and The Edge. Come on, guys. No. Perry
3: sorry. and Sean
1: or Sean, I don't know. This seems. Oh, like Steve Perry and Neil Schoen oh, from yeah. Journey? Sure. Okay, I'm fine with them being on the list. Number okay. six, Scott and Young. Mm,
2: I don't know who that is. Oh, Angus Scott, yep. or, or Angus oh. Young
1: and uh, Bon Scott. Okay, yeah, yeah that's okay. got to be on there. That's. I mean, you could there. argue, should it be Angus Young and Bon Scott or Angus good, Young and yeah. Brian Johnson? I mean, um, one of the greatest selling albums of the 80s uh, is Back in Black, the first album they did without Bon Scott. So, But I'm okay if you're more of an Angus Young guy, sure.
3: I'll buy that. Going to be hearing that in Kinnick Stadium in T-71 hours. There you go. Uh, number six, did we do Scott and Young? Yes. Uh, yeah. Number five, Daltrey and Townsend.
2: Yes, that's a must. Yeah, that's a must.
1: You could even argue they should be higher
2: yes
3: number four jagger and richards
2: of course yeah that's why they're probably not higher what that we're could gonna be see why. coming yeah up that here. could be why yeah
1: number
3: three roth and van halen
2: yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean definitely i, top I, five. I not would not
1: put it ahead of daltrey and townsend but i i certainly think that it should be hovering somewhere in the top six yes. or seven so i'll buy
3: number two mercury and may
1: too high yeah it's should be on, seems... I'm okay with it being on the list, but it's too high. Should definitely not be ahead of uh, Jagger and Richard. Should definitely not be ahead of Daltrey and Townsend. I wouldn't put it even it's ahead not... of either of the ACDC combos, but it
2: should be on the list. It's just too high. It's just not classically guitar-driven music. It's some, of been, like, some of its songs are, but like it's known for... Some of,
1: some of their best songs are actually classically driven,
2: but yeah. yeah, yes. I hear
1: you. yeah. And number one,
3: Plant sure. and Page. I mean, I, sure. I completely agree with this. So that was a really weird first five, but
1: you know, top finish, five. Finish strong. Yeah, the finish one that's strong.
2: Missing, I guess uh, that was certainly popular. Was Ozzy Osbourne and Randy Rhodes? Oh, Randy isn't?
1: Rhodes! I got to tell you, man, back in the old days of uh, Guitar Hero, there were many a nights where getting up the next day to do the uh, the Who show, trying to trying to get past. Um, uh, what's the this song I'm great. thinking of? Uh, Crazy Train, Crazy Train, <laughs> trying to master Crazy Train <laughs> on Guitar <laughs> Hero. I mean, uh, that you know, I've also never ever played to mimic Guitar Hero. Randy Rhodes on that was just, it. I mean, a lot of sleepless nights. Did you trying Ozzy, to conquer that? Ozzy, before I finally
3: did. Ozzy Osbourne collaborated with Elton John back in 2020. Did you hear the song? No. Ordi- Ordinary Man. Oh my goodness, is it, it good? is incredible. Is you it? need to listen to it.
2: Okay. In 2020.
3: Yeah. Huh.
2: I was busy that year. Elton John.
3: I mean, you can't really hear... El- yeah, we were a little bit busy. Uh, you can't really hear... I think it's Elton John's more background vocals, but my sister sent it to me, and it's an amazing song.
1: Hmm. Uh, first I'm hearing of it. Next,
3: okay. yeah. First I'd heard of it a couple months ago, too. Uh, Andy W. says "Desantis's VP pick will be Nikki Haley. As much as I would love to see Kim Reynolds on the ticket, Haley brings foreign policy experience, which was the best part of Trump administration, and she's a minority female, which matters to enough people to make it significant.
2: Sell. So, yeah. I just think he's got other options. If, if there were no other clear female options, I... Would entertain it, but I just don't think so yeah
1: i I don't think so either i don't
2: i I
1: think here's something I have learned about Ron DeSantis now i've had a few opportunities to talk to him publicly and privately, so I've been around him a little bit, not nearly as much as I was around Trump the first time he ran, but we're I'm catching up okay I've had a more of an opportunity to be around him and a, and a more of an opportunity to be around the staff that's around him most of the time as governor. And and this is to his detriment, by the way, what I'm about to say is to his detriment. Guys, I cannot tell you how little he factors in polit- political calculations like what's in with, with yeah. what's in that note. It r- really truly is if if Daniel Horowitz were a taller athletic Catholic, that's who Ron DeSantis is. I mean I just just he is it's just total ideal ideologue. It doesn't this kind of stuff just conversations even off the record. Like like I will actually try to inject these kinds of things Mm -hmm. into conversations. And I mean I will get looked at like I've got, you know, one both eyes in the same socket. It's just it, it it is truly not an act at all. It's just the the patronage and sensationalistic and, you know, um, realpolitik angles that Trump just, that's Trump's native natural habitat politically. He loves those areas. Trump and DeSantis could not be any more different as as men. They are completely different men. DeSantis disdains all of that stuff to his own political detriment, I would add, particularly on the patronage aspect. I mean, you watched Megyn Kelly. She was out there destroying Desantis. He goes on her show, and now she's out there defending him all the time. I mean, the the amount of how much access matters in our business matters a lot. The patronage aspect of this business matters a lot, okay? And and that, that's true in any media. When if, you know if for for how ornery and cranky he is known to be. As a figure, Nick Saban gives the media a lot of access, does a ton of press conferences, does a ton of interviews. Until recently, Jim Harbaugh did not. And so he got disdained. Now Jim Harbaugh is doing all kinds of them. And so now people are defending him. Now Paul Feinbaum, who was <laughs> trying to get him fired three years ago, is defending him constantly. Access matters to media a lot. And, and one of the reasons why is we're your conduit to the, to the newsmakers. And so when they don't give us any access, it makes it hard for us to deliver the content that you want. And so there are, there's aspects of, 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 of DeSantis's persona that, are, that his disdain for this stuff is admirable. It's, it's probably why he's able to do things like restore people's power overnight. 100,000 people that lost power to a Category 4 hurricane had it restored like this morning when they got up. While the hurricane still has not finished yet. Because when he says, I'm not paying attention to what Donald Trump says about me, I can promise you being around, he's not, guys. He's really not. Like, I'm like one of those people that's like, I think you should probably pay a little bit more attention. (laughs) Okay. He does not care. I mean, it is, it is, he's the Terminator, man. It's just, he's on a mission and we don't move on to the next mission till the mission. Like I asked him once, I, I said, why do you think you're in a private conversation? I hope it's okay. I say this. If not, somebody will yell at me later, and I'll deserve it. Um, I, why do you think your campaign got off to a sli- did not get off to the start people anticipated, given what you had done in Florida? And I mean, he just flat out said, "I, you know, I basically just outsourced the entire campaign, and while I was finishing the legislative session in Florida, we had to have that session. We had some things that with with all the and and you could just tell, like sitting alone with him in a room as he's saying this, it's he's it's legit. Like it's not like a line he's rehearsed. It's like all the things I couldn't get done before, now I get reelected, and I've, and I've got all this political capital, and I can bend the legislature to my whim. I want to do it right now. I don't I don't want to spread it out. I want to do it now when we have the momentum. And he, he's like, look at And you can just tell by the passion. Look at all the stuff we got done. We forced, basically we forced, we bent the legislature to our will, and I didn't want to miss that opportunity. And so I just waited until the legislati- legislative session was done. All my focus was on that. And then when, I, the day, the, when, I, when the session was done, I went over to the campaign. I'm like, oh, this is not really what I, this is not set up the way that I had hoped. He meant it, too. Like, he was just doing that's, one thing at a time. He meant it. He meant that. I could just tell he meant that. That's why I love it. I, I love it so much. It is so a ruthless that, level of way, For
2: anybody who really cares, that's the campaign. The results are the campaign, which is why I went on my rant. It's not theoretical. He does stuff. That that should be who we are. Yes. Yes. And I'm but always, always going to demand and, and, always. And, and, it and, is. and I'm never going to stop
1: you from doing that. And I agree with you. But we also are living in a world where there is not an insignificant amount of people who would much prefer to find out what DeSantis' return put down is for Donald Trump than to learn about the fact that 100,000 people Caught up in a Category Four hurricane, yeah, well. who lost power last night, woke up this morning to see it had already been restored. Now that's not interesting to them. Up into the two hundred that, That's not interesting to them. What's interesting to them is DeSantis Chuckle came Hut. back. And they want Chuckle Hut. That's what they want. Yeah, that's what they want. And that is not an insignificant. Unfortunately, that is not an insignificant amount of people. That's why. Mm-hmm. That's why his. That's why the the focus he displays can also be done politically. At his own detriment now some of you are going to say well then explain to me why he won by 20 points because the people that lived under his governance that benefited from the focus that Todd loves they don't care about that like if you don't have power in August in Florida okay if you don't have power in August in Florida when humidity is 7,000 percent you don't care what his what his comeback to Donald Trump's put downs are you know what I'm saying Uh I want my damn AC back on right. I want to, I want to be able, I want to, you know, I want to, you know, you want your life back. If you lived under the ruthless, efficient way he governs, you're like, I can get used to this. And you're like, I don't need the drama. In fact, let's create some drama. Can can we get rid of term limits in Florida so he could do this another term or two? Because I like living like this. But if you don't live in Florida and you're not living under the direct benefit of the ruthlessly efficient way in which he handles his business, you you just you don't have that same emotional connection, and so you're looking for the show. That's the difference.
2: But almost any place else except for Iowa and a couple other places, your life clearly sucks more, and you wish you live in Florida. Do you not understand that? <laughs> and did they all this start with a Nikki Haley question? By the yeah. way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, but
1: but I I just
2: they don't think like that. They don't.
1: They don't. I mean, I've, I've I've asked him a few things point blank. I've asked Ron a few things point blank. Why don't you say this or do this? He'll, you know what his response has been to me? I don't think we can re- realistically deliver on that, and so I'm not going to say it.
2: I love, and it's like legit.
1: Again, just two guys, one guy named Ron, one guy named Steve. I'm just, I'm not into saying things that I don't think I can deliver on later on. I'm just not going to do that. There's a lot of people that want you to say things that they know you're not going to deliver on later on. Really? They they would prefer that, really? actually. Wow. Yeah.
2: I just love that, and this is so important. He's not it, as important as it is, and Steve laid it out it, how important it is to win this. He's not a he's not afraid of losing, which is so important because the w- one reason that's at least tied for first place amongst all of the ridiculous Republicans that have let us down in the past is that they're just terrified of losing.
1: Like someone in someone in DeSantis's staff, like if he is the nominee. He's going to say, well, I'm going to pick the person I think would be the best vice president. Yeah. And seven, heaven forbid something would happen to me. They are ready to step in. Someone on his staff is then going to have to come to, that he trusts is going to have to say, well, here are some political calculations to consider. Why does he like Kim Reynolds? Their personalities are completely different if you know both of them, you know, and again, I, I've not had I don't know him well, but I've been around him a lot more in the last month. And so I've. And I know our governor, so I'm going to be on a very small list of people that have spent personal time with Kim Reynolds and Ron DeSantis, probably Mm -hmm. like one guy who's done even more of it because he knows the governor better than I do, uh, Governor Reynolds better than I do would be Bob Vanderplotz. But I would be in a very short list of people who can speak to what Kim Reynolds and Ron DeSantis are like as individuals, completely different personas. It's really just comes down to, I like the way she governed and how she led her state. So I think she'd make a good president. Again, I'll go back to what I said a few minutes ago. If Daniel Horowitz were more athletic and Catholic, this is the politician he would be, in case you're wondering. It would be, this is probably why Daniel's, you know, Daniel has been friends with the DeSantis's for five, six, seven years. This is probably why, okay? One guy, you know, uh, got a college baseball scholarship, um, you know, and was an athlete. Another guy is, you know, five foot five. But aside from the physical differences on a personal level, they're very similar, even to this point. If you talk to Daniel outside of this arena, he is the sweetest, coolest dude. When he gets into this arena... Scary. I'm intimidated, okay? He is the freaking Terminator. Outside of this arena... If you talked to Ron DeSantis, you would be just like, I had no idea. And, and if he didn't know, you'd be like, that's the guy that won Florida by 20 points. He's just a guy named Ron who enjoys the fact that he married a, a girl he thought was hot. It's just a normal dude. But something happens when he steps into the squared circle, okay? Total different persona happens. Very similar. Like, they're just normal guys, and then when they step into here... Like, if we have to do this, then there better be a body count. That kind of stuff. They're just
2: okay. I know. I know you're getting aroused. Yeah, you
1: were. You're you're
2: wondering what Lindsey Graham is doing right now. You were talking about that. (laughs) I was going to say that love poetry we started off with. I mean, I'm swooning, baby. But Trump could not be any different as a person.
1: As a person, not any different. And that—that was always one of the things I struggled with. I liked Donald Trump personally a lot. Used to tell you that all the time. And this public persona, the stuff just on Truth Social last night about the her I never saw any of that. Never did. I mean, I I saw a guy that was literally give his shirt, literally would give shirts off his back to people. Just people, Iowans walk into his plane just handing out, you know, $300 ties and, you know, taking pictures. I, I just, the stuff that we see, like King Saul act, I just never saw any of that. And unfortunately, that's most of his public persona.
3: Um, moving on by moving back, uh, Brett Sturley on the singer, um, singer-guitar duos. And um, our old friend Chris Pandolfo, who's at Fox News Digital now, has probably been cursing our name for the last 13 minutes for forgetting this. this
2: Metallica or something?
3: Lee Lifeson from Rush. Got to be on that list. I'm not a huge Rush guy, but I would, I would agree with that generally.
2: See, I,
1: I would more go with Rush from a vocalist-drummer duo.
3: That's fair. In my fair. view. In my view. Uh, next, Alexander Rogers. The Vivek, Buttigieg both questioning Al Sharpton. Well, they were on the same tour. They were not both questioning Al Sharpton. It's yeah, I, not think, a, I
1: think Buttigieg was questioning Dick Gephardt, right? right. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Buttigieg was questioning Dick? Good. Moving on.
3: It's not a coincidence. Much of our public discourse, in particular the debates and contentions within and between political parties, is entirely contrived. For the
1: most part, this pre-Trump was, for the most part, true. I don't think it's as true anymore. And I, But it's not on the issues. Most of it on the issues is still true. Most of the Republicans you elect, most of them, do not agree with you on the issues. At best, most of them just think the Democrats are go are, are go go to the point of being uh, going too far and being icky. But when it comes to Trump, the disdain is very real. And you know, we could discuss the reasons for that. That's been discussed ad infinitum, because he represents people like you. Because he was once one of them and then walked away to represent people like you. Um, they thought by getting in the nomination in 2016, he'd be a clown. They could beat and Hillary could win. And instead, he blew, it, he blew up their plan. Uh, there's, uh, all, th- all those things are true to some extent, or, or at least one of them is true for everybody on the other side. So because of how much they hate Trump personally, that statement is not as true as it used to be. But it's still as true as it used to be when it comes to the issues. I mean, Tennessee right now is having a legislative session for gun control, called by the governor, a Republican. So on the issues, that's pretty true. But when it comes to the person of Donald Trump, that's that's not true anymore.
2: Yeah, I think the deep state has us living in like a multiverse. I think that's what you just described, Steve, where it's that's true depending analogy. on what the deep state needs it to be true. Yes. And, oh, I have breaking news, by the way. Our friend Paul Alexander says he's losing so much respect for you because of your ketchup take. I thought that was important. I said I really liked ketchup. I just didn't Mm -hmm. think it was as good as mustard
1: or barbecue sauce or Chick-fil-A sauce. He
2: finds you wanting. I I like ketchup. I even put it in eggs. I like it. I think we need to book him. There could be an amazing condiment skit from Paul Alexander (laughs) in our future.
3: Nice. Uh, next, Jeff Gibson, most iconic American moments since 1969. Number one, nine eleven.
1: Man, I don't know if I want to call that iconic. And six, gosh, I, you know what?
2: It's hard. I don't. Is it okay to use it, a, it a, a tragedy have, like that An attack as well, iconic? Well, if it, if you're willing to allow that iconic is not necessarily a, a, a positive, yeah. I still is think Is there it's a sad.
1: context where iconic is not positive? I'm asking. I mean, I typically. This been, one. One I think one. for the
2: purpose of this one, if he's okay. proffering this, but I still say no, I think it maybe should have been. I think people expected it to be, but then I don't th- I don't think that is. I think there's things before and after it. So I'll sell on it being number one,
3: number two, Roe v. Wade overturned.
2: Oh, that uh, would be sure for me. I mean, I, I
1: think that's but that that's the signature that issue created an entire political movement and realignment and it has been the signature cultural war issue for a half a century so i'm okay with putting it on the list you might be too See, high but I, i'm okay with it being on the list
2: but to me iconic means it it transcends boundaries it's it, it can't be marginalized so i'm gonna sell again
3: number three the moon landing
2: oh sure it should
1: be probably be number one I figured if we're going back to 1969, that was July of 1969, yep. that that would mean it should be number one. Otherwise, why are we, why are we just arbitrarily choosing 1969? Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I mean, the, only, the reason you'd pick 1969 is because the moon landing is number one. Yeah. I Otherwise, think, then yes. why'd we pick that year?
2: Right. I agree. Okay.
3: Number four, the Reagan
1: assassination attempt.
2: Sell? So, that doesn't...
1: Yeah, I'm going to sell on that, too. I mean, what's number five? Watergate.
2: Okay. That, that's uh, the that iconic.
1: List. But then, uh, you, uh, the Berlin Wall coming down has to be on that list. And oh, get, and, yeah. And yeah. I'd replace yeah. the Reagan assassination attempt yeah. with that. Yeah.
3: Now, this is an interesting one from DS Charlesworth. Mike Trout from 2012 to 2016 played in a 95% of Angel regular season games. From 2017 to 2022, he's played in 70% of Angels' games, despite the fact he'll probably make it to the Hall of Fame if this trend continues. Trout could end up being the greatest what-if player of all time.
1: Uh, well, he, he's going to make it to the Hall of Fame anyway, he says, right? Yeah. Then I disagree. Well, I guess you're saying just in terms
2: of perception. totals. Well, no, but also like we could do this in stat the NFL. totals we, he would have had. Look at,
1: look at the jersey of the guy that I wore on Monday. His career cut short because of the physicality of the uh, position he played. Look at Terrell Davis, who just got into the Hall of Fame. What did he play? Like six complete seasons? That's it? but two of them I think were, were, were one of them was a 2000 yard season and another one nearly was mm-hmm. and so because of the acknowledgement of what he could have likely been without those injuries he still gets into the hall you know and so to me if we if we're still putting if, if we're still putting Mike Trout in the hall then i don't know what the what might have been conversation is or is, I think is I, the conversation even a greater player than Ken Griffey Jr. He'd have been a, 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 a natural version of Barry Bonds. Is that
2: what well, we're saying? How many maybe? stat categories would he have owned? Okay. I think I, I still will sell though, because part of this is, and this is why the Cal Ripken story was so incredible. That this just showing up every day is part of this gig. And I, I think you know, I, I think he's a game, a gamer. I think his injuries are legitimate. I don't think this is load management or anything like that. And furthermore, I respect the fact that he's stayed with the Angels despite the fact that he's not as known because of it. But I, I th- just playing every day is part of this thing. So I, I think that this coulda, woulda, shoulda just isn't really relevant to me, anyways.
1: More breaking news, by the way. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. Yeah, now this was this. this
2: was a Category
1: Four hurricane twelve hours ago. Yeah just announced that the Tampa and Tallahassee airports will be fully reopened by tomorrow morning, and the Gainesville airport will be reopened tonight. This, this was a category four hurricane 12 hours ago, guys.
2: This, this is more important than a natural disaster discussion too, because we, we have all these ridiculous notions of what government is supposed to do now. This is what he also fundamentally, this is the kind of thing and not, forget just a storm. Don't you guys, when we're we have all kinds of people getting degrees and all kinds of nonsense, and 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 you have NASA putting rainbow flags on things. I'm like, I, I, don't you drive down the streets wondering, like, how when we hand off civilization to our children, are we even going to have, like? The trains running on time kind of stuff like who's doing the plumbing who's fixing the sewers like we we just don't have a a mindset for that he's just old school on so many different reasons this is my job i will do it well and who knows that may be the silver bullet we've just got so, so used to mediocrity on so many different levels i i I think this is fundamentally important, and it's not just because it's a hurricane. It's because this is what government is really supposed to do.
1: Yes.
3: And he's serious about it. He's I mean, yesterday he it. had almost 20 items on his schedule between like 7 and 9 a.m. This morning, his day started at 4 a.m. with the meeting.
1: I, I just don't think... He's just serious about it. I, I just don't think, based on the the exposure I've been able to have with him in the last few weeks... I just don't think he's ever going to give you the show that you want. He hates it. God. Okay. Now, and and talking to people that have known him and worked for him uh, longer than I have, um, they all agree. So you know what that means, though? We live in an era where the show does matter. It does. To some extent, it does. And so if the candidate isn't going to provide you the show, then the campaign has to. Like, the campaign's got to, like, literally market that this guy's the Terminator. He's more machine mm-hmm. now than man, okay? They got to market this, the show because th- that's, that's the well, era in which we live. And that, so if the candidate is just never going to provide that for you because it's not who he is, you know? But, like, Daniel was never going to call himself the prophet of woe and lamentation, right? Daniel's not going to self-gloss. That's just not happening, all right? I think so ag- I had to do it for him,
2: okay? I think he agrees with you. That's why Christina Pushaw is a name we know in Florida, right? That's what she did down there, right? More rapid response than branding, but
1: yeah. I mean, well, I'm, par- I'm talking more branding than rapid response. More branding. That, that you need, then if, if you're not going to get the hype from the candidate, you need, if your candidate's Chuck D, Chuck D someone's got to be Flavor flave Flav. That's what I'm saying, okay? Now you know what I'm talking about. You get that reference, right?
2: I got. Someone's got to be
1: out there with the clock around the neck, leading the hype. Okay, if the candidates Chuck D just dropping truth bombs and dope rhymes, and it's all and it's all business, someone's got to be Flavor
2: Flav. All right, (laughs) call the governor and give him that (laughs) advice right now. Get a Flavor Flav.
1: What are they calling it? The heat canopy or whatever that led to the heat wave we had in July is back. You been talking to John Kerry or something? I don't know what it's called. (laughs) I think think it's called the heat canopy or something. Okay.
2: (laughs) Who had that on Dace Bingo? (laughs) Heat canopy? The climate Moab. (laughs) It's just going to get really hot,
1: okay? Leave me alone. It's going to get really hot again. Make sure you get a hold of our friends over at Sweatblock. They can help you with that, particularly if you got to be out and about, running errands, going and doing appointments that aren't going to be canceled because it's 97 degrees with 114 heat index, right? So make sure you've got control of your excessive sweating from sweatblock With their antiperspirant wipes, that's kind of the OG that kind of established them that you put on your armpits for excessive sweating there that can work for up to several days. Their deodorant uh, stick is the absolute truth, man. It... It brings the pain uh, to your sweat, but I love this, the the deodorant lotions uh, that work both to stop you from getting swampy, but also give you that you know smooth
2: feel that you know.
1: Todd, you like that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you, do you, oh, you want to play? Let's play. Do you think? Do you think? I just wanted to see that look. Do it. you think Lindsey Graham would like to join you for a heat canopy? How do you like them apples? Oh. Aaron, you'll be getting an email that we have to do a Sweat
1: Block make good later this afternoon. This is
3: this is Daniel Horowitz right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thoroughly unimpressed. Uh, anyway, it's a you should be impressed. It's a great product, man. Use it myself. Sweatblock.com is where you want to go. Promo code DAYS to get 20% off. Promo code DAYS to get 20% off at sweatblock.com. And let's welcome in the unamused, prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. Daniel, we have uh, breaking news, a video that I want to show you and get your instant visceral, as well as the audience's instant visceral reaction to this video. Aaron, go ahead.
0: What are my thoughts about what? Running for reelection in 2026. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for reelection in 2026. All right, I'm sorry, you all, we're going to need a minute.
2: Senator. (laughs) Okay.
0: Somebody else have a question? Please speak up.
1: That just happened in the last 10 minutes with Ditch who, by the way, based on our current trajectory, has never been more qualified to be president than he is right this minute. That, that just seems to be what we want. Uh, we want 80-year-olds uh, that are in obvious decline as a country. We seem to, Mo polls show us that that's what we want more of. Uh, one more trip around the mountain, uh, the desert, with the boomer generation. Uh, but that notwithstanding, there he is. That's even worse than when this happened about a month ago. Uh, a, a completely non-responsive, has to be coached back up by staff, I mean, this is this has become Thad Cochran on steroids. But your reaction, Daniel?
4: You know, Steve, I'm I'm not laughing out of human suffering. I wouldn't do that. I was laughing out of the Chamber of Commerce yeah. sign that just came into vision when that was happening. I mean, is that not a metaphor for the GOP, for, for really the the well-fed right for our, our entire livelihoods, our entire uh, two generations? They never focus on the issue that matters and the way it matters at the time it matters. So all of our colleagues will be up in arms. Yeah, Mitch has got to go. It's terrible. But I want to share with you a date, June 20th, 2020. So that was already six years after I personally recruited against McConnell and about, Matt Devin,
1: who went on to yeah, be governor yeah, of 12, Kentucky.
4: Yeah, About 12 years, 12 years after I had started calling for him to step down, by the way, and warning about his brand of republicanism and i was shouted down by all the fox hosts and i won't mention names just for the purpose of where we are now but all the people that will make fun of him now actually supported him but june 20th donald trump tweeted out as we were trying to recruit against him because often it takes two cycles and he was very unpopular by the way among republican voters we finally felt like we broke through he has my complete and full endorsement. And Steve, this wasn't 2016, 2017, where maybe he wants to unify the party, he just won. So he appoints Elaine Chao as Secretary of, Tra- of Transportation. This was three and a half years into him obstructing the MAGA agenda. And th- th- this is the thing. So all of our colleagues are gonna promote this, ah, oh, it's is terrible. But then who's the new Mitch McConnell? all of his lieutenants that came into office since then, mainly with Trump's endorsement, and the ones in the pipeline, like like Jim Justice from West Virginia, who's just as bad, um, almost as much in cognitive decline, or maybe he just has a low IQ, uh, it's hard to tell. We piss away deep red states. We have not grown one inch in our ability to make red states red. And now that McCarthy is the more relevant player, because McConnell's the end of his line, no matter what. They're like, no, Daniel, focus on McConnell. Remember that during the Speaker's fight? There was no way to get rid of McConnell. There was no mechanism, because it's not a, uh, a Senate Minority Leader. is not something that you need the majority body support for, like you do Speaker. And all these guys were like, no, McCarthy's good. McConnell's the problem. Yeah, I sure could have used your support 10 years ago. Um, but, it, but it wasn't there. So... Steve, it's funny. I'm not even that old. Uh, Unlike you, and congrats, by the way, I'm not expecting a grandkid yet. (laughs) But I'm old enough to already come full circle having tried to fight these battles only to have people that were against me now lament the problems. For the
1: record, I'm going to be a young grandpa.
4: Not in my circles.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Yesterday, former President Trump did an interview here on The Blaze with Glenn Beck. Two things that were said that stood out to me I want to get your response to. Number one, uh, Glenn asked him directly, are you concerned that you will have to campaign from prison based on what's going on? Now, understand that interview took place at 11 a.m. Eastern yesterday. Just a few hours later, that exact same D.C. court sentenced a bunch of pro-lifers to 11 years in prison. Okay, okay. For uh, uh, blocking abortion access, so this is this this is the district that this is the district that Trump is in, where a lot of his supporters are still sitting there. By the way, as Sean Davis of the Federalist pointed out, awaiting trials, still haven't been given trials yet, and they're going to put Trump on trial the day before Super Tuesday. They announced, and he told Glenn Beck, "quote That will never happen." End quote. How much of this? is just branding and bravado, right? It's hard to run for president projecting worry and weakness. I mean, if, if the former president literally tells his people there's a real good chance they're going to try to put me in prison by the end, by the election, well, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be like, hey, that sucks, and we'll even donate to your legal defense if we need it, but we got to have a candidate that could actually be on a ballot, and it sounds like it ain't going to be you. See, I, so, so how much of this is he's saying it for those reasons— because being truly publicly forthcoming about yep. the level of legal jeopardy runs in conflict with running a presidential campaign. And how much of it is you think he's po- he's potentially just this dissociated from reality?
4: So, so, Steve, it is definitely not just posturing, because his actions don't comport with it either. He's not endorsing defund, which is the only way to stop this you have congressman andrew clyde from georgia just proposed amendments to the science commerce justice appropriations bill uh to defund the state and federal prosecutions and he has not lent support to that i mean this is a guy who's standing up you know he likes people who are very nice to me right i mean this is a guy who's really standing for him he will not support it so it's not just posturing he really believes it now the question is why does he believe it it's one of three things either he is so aloof and so narcissistic, he just doesn't get it. Now, let me pause right there. Hide?
1: I, you and I both know people that worked in the White House, probably a lot of the same people. I will tell you that I know people that worked in the White House that, could, that would tell you that this number one is absolutely potentially true. You just don't, yeah. walk, you don't walk into Trump's inner sanctum and give him bad
2: news.
4: Yeah, like you just he's don't never heard of myocarditis, which I know is the yeah. the next thing you wanted to talk about. What do you mean? I don't know anyone who had a problem with the vaccines. Yeah. I mean, and I think genuinely he probably is like that, and that in itself is uh, very reflective of the failures of his presidency and what we're slated to uh, deal with. Worry to become president again, but I think. Again, these are not my words. You and I take this seriously, which is why we're so upset. It's not just the fact that we're not fighting on the tranny stuff and the border and the vaccines and the the Green New Deal and all this other stuff, but the political targeting is freaking real. Like you saw with the pro-life activists, like you see with the J6 people, it needs to be dealt with now. And he's serving as a controlled opposition to suck out all the energy and look like he's the ultimate general in that battle against it while then jujitsuing that energy into a black hole. Hey, it's all good. I have a great defense. Uh, It's just like the Mueller thing. Well, wait a minute. You think that the petty jury is going to be less biased than the grand jurists that we saw were bragging about the opportunity to lock up a former president? So I think we need to start considering, and he needs to be asked, and if I would have been... I mean, I know if Glenn got me down there, maybe uh, Glenn won't get the interview again because Trump won't talk to him. But if I would have been there, I would have said, do you know something we don't? Did you already take a plea deal? Or, or or is there some sort of charade going on here? I mean, I'm taking it seriously. I think it's deadly serious. But if he's going to behave that way, does he know something we don't?
1: The other is when he said that... Uh, um he did a great job with COVID history will record this and it doesn't get talked about em- enough. And then went on to talk about how great they did with ventilators. You know, the machines that killed people in the ERs faster. And then when they figured that out, we actually had landfills full of ventilators. If you'll recall, remember we were all joking about ventilator porn. We were still, they were still up there at the coronavirus task force briefings, talking about ventilators in August while they were piling up in landfills. Cause they figured out they were oh we're killing people faster by putting them on ventilators. Okay. Um, how, he, here's the thing. If Mike Pence said those exact same words, there isn't a major platform in conservative media today that would not rightly be destroying him for, point, for saying those things. Every, every meaningful platform on the right would be. Even Fox, who are, which is full of would, be, would, would would approach it like, Pence takes a controversial approach in defending the White House's COVID response. What do you think?
4: But because Trump said it, crickets. Your thoughts? Steve, this is the central thing that bothers me. I don't, as you well know, I care about the presidential race less than anyone else does because I think it's already gone. What we need to do is we need to have a movement where we actually believe in something and we will take the areas with our own sphere of influence that are allegedly red and the voters on paper agree with us and make it red. That's my main goal. So the worst thing you can do is lose sight of your own beliefs. I don't care who you want to vote for. It's always going to be strategic because no one's ever exactly where you are. But you never want to deviate from your top 10 issues. For example, I was on vacation, but I saw um, you you put a lot on the line for Governor DeSantis and your endorsement. But you weren't shy about saying, "Hey, you know, your your message on Ukraine there was off message. You gotta you gotta clarify that. What's up with that? Mm-hmm. We're not even asking these people not to support Trump, but is there anything this man can do ideologically, morally? I mean, like we see with the hurricane, that will not el- that will elicit at least a mild rebuke or course correction. Because what that interview with Glenn tells me is that there's no. No Daniel Hurwitz Steve Dace equivalent on Team Trump that's constantly telling their candidate you gotta get to the right on this, do this, do that. Mm-hmm. It's not strong enough. More, 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 like you are. There's nobody. Like I will just state, state I will important. I will just
1: state for the record, I had a private conversation with the governor the day after the debate and I made that exact point to him privately one on one that I made publicly yeah. that, that that Ukraine point probably that dog ain't going to hunt that have that's not going to work so just so people know that okay go ahead
4: you you and i will never deviate from our stated beliefs and and this is all we ask of them all these people that would have us on on their shows the last two years and it was great when trump was out of the picture and he was until november of last year we were starting to rebuild a a movement it was actually really nice and i thought we were headed to somewhere good And now suddenly crickets when the guy forget about just warp speed, he's still pimping the lockdowns and the ventilators. I mean, this is out of control. And I I believe if I remember correctly, he offered that unprompted from Glenn. I think Glenn asked him about the economy and somehow he started talking about the ventilators. So that tells me that there's never been any internal pushback. What does that tell you headed forward? Forget about the whole legal issues and the general election. Let's say you were to become president. Do you have confidence that there is a movement in place to keep him on the right or move him to the right on issues we need to? That's what bothers me about that. Like you said with Mike Pence, look, let's say you had Mitt Romney, Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, heck, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins as the GOP nominee. At least I have the confidence that when they start with the pimping Ukraine and the and, 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 uh, criminal justice reform and open borders and vaccines are always awesome, that we will have a unified movement moving in the opposite direction. We don't have that with this man. That's what scares me. There's something about him that will make our colleagues stand down to the point that if you live in Florida, you're now not allowed to talk about the existence of the hurricane or any of the great things that Ron is doing that we all said we agreed with. You're even going to start race baiting with Kamala Harris against their education reforms. This is a big, big problem from which you can't recover.
1: That was some woe and lamentation, my friend. Way to live up to the branding. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Later. Take it. You bet. Got about uh, a minute here for final thoughts from each of you. Floor is open.
4: Why
2: can't Daniel just murder somebody at the cause? (laughs) Get on. Come on, Daniel. Read the times.
3: When he talks about caring less about the presidential election than anybody else, I try not to let my mind go there too often because we also kind of have a job to do here. But I am tempted to, I'm tempted to go there <laughs> multiple times, regardless of who the nominees are. It's just the federal leviathan increasingly seems to be off the board. And one of the reasons why I, I try to temper myself from going there, and I'm not saying this is why Daniel... Uh, has arrived at this conclusion as well, is because the system wants you to believe that. That's actually a flex. Mm. And um, yeah. if that is true, then we're not without hope. We are never without hope. But uh, that has some implications that are uncomfortable and will continue to be uncomfortable for the rest of our lives.
2: Just a reminder that Trump is who he is now as much as ever before because of who we are less than because of who he is
1: that's true too that's also why we don't demand any better from him yes because of who we are John 317
0: this is
2: Steve Dace
0: on the Blaze Radio Network